Look, I'm not one to boast, but these are the type of days of the year where you're hunting extra hard for content. Why do I say that? Well, our football team, their season is done. Obviously, we're still going to talk about them from time to time, but no postseason sight for them. The basketball team has a big lull in between games. They don't play until Sunday against Denver at Poly Pavilion. So what are we going to fill time with? How about something that is what I like to think as a special treat, a special guest? But before we go further, got to welcome you in. This is Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You can find me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. I have an email, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. Feel free to tell me why everything I say is garbage or maybe that you like it, or maybe that you can tolerate it, or whatnot. Whatever feedback you have, I appreciate it. And uh, it goes without saying, I'm grateful for your time. And I'm also grateful that you have subscribed to this podcast, because that lets the higher-ups know, once again, that this thing should continue to exist. So, we've got a ton to talk about. And you're wondering, well, what are you talking about? Well, I had a chance yesterday on the Bruin Insider Show, which is another radio show that I do with UCLA-centric talk. Wayne Cook was on, former UCLA quarterback, and he spoke about his biggest takeaways from the season. So I'm going to relay some of the things he said in this episode. I'm also going to share with you what Tracy Murray said yesterday on the Bruin Insider Show. Former UCLA basketball player, NBA veteran, longtime legend, And he is part of the broadcast team, the radio broadcast team for UCLA. And he gave his thoughts on what avenues of this basketball team he thinks are more advanced, what needs more work. And, you know, he talks about the rotation and where he thinks that will go, Mick Cronin and why he feels like he's a good fit and all that stuff. So tons of stuff there. But to something that really is pretty cool. We've got ourselves a great interview in store for you. And this person did something yesterday that no Bruin had done in 25 years. What is that, you ask? Well, UCLA volleyball player Mac May, for the first time in a quarter century, took home the Pac-12 Player of the Year Award. And by golly, a day after that, She is on Locked On Bruins. That's how we roll around here. (laughs) So she's going to come on, share with us what that honor means to her and why she can't take all the credit for it. She will also get into the NCAA tournament, which begins for UCLA later this week. And I got to say that this volleyball team is playing some of its best ball right now. They come into the postseason With a four-match winning streak, they beat USC in three sets to finish off the regular season. So a lot to celebrate for Mac May as we welcome her to the program. Mac, this has been a magnificent season for you, let alone today, which has been historic for you. For the first time in 25 years, a Bruin takes home the Pac-12 Player of the Year Award. What does this say about you? your team, and the resurrection of this volleyball program. Every single person that's in that gym with me every single day, even like the trainers that I go to before, my weight trainer, like 
every single person that has been along for this entire ride is like that is what that award is for and I think um like I've been so blessed to be where I am and like with all these people and I think every day they push me to be a better player and a better person and I think um just like without like every single one of my teammates every single one of my coaches every single person who works behind the scenes like this would not be possible and so I'm just like so happy for like this is an awesome thing for myself but like it's also an awesome thing for all those people around me one of those people around you your mom who has been so instrumental in your volleyball career what was her reaction to you earning the Pac-12 player of the year honor um, actually, I haven't even been able to get her on the phone yet, but I guess she called my dad like in tears, like crying. And I was like, he was telling me about how excited she was. And she was like, tears of joy, all this stuff. And I mean, um, she has obviously been there the entire time. And so I think she's just like overjoyed to finally see something like this, um, come out of my career. But like, yeah, she was just obviously probably over the moon. And so I can't wait to talk to her and see what she has to say. You got another award, or at least in a roundabout way, it can be perceived as an award by the fact that you get to play the opening round of the NCAA tournament so close to home. You're from Dubuque, Iowa. This opening round is in Madison, Wisconsin. In your three years, I believe, that you've played indoor at UCLA, you've never been able to play this close to home. So what's the turnout going to be like? Um, I've been talking to my family, and they've been telling Everybody, the whole city of Dubuque will probably be there, but um, I'm just so excited because people that I've grown up with, like all my relatives, my parents, friends, all these people have never seen me play college volleyball in person. So I will get to play an hour and a half away from home. And I've been trying to get all these names on the list and I've been bothering Kainani so much. So bless her. But anyway, like I just, my sister was telling me today, like easily, like there'll be like at least 30 people there, maybe like. And then that's just, like, people she could count, like, off the top of her head. So, like, so many people have been, like, reaching out, and I just, I'm so excited to finally play this close to home and have these, pe- like, these people who raised me, like, come watch me. So uh, the closest I ever got to play to home before that is Nebraska, which is, like, six hours away. So a little bit more of a trip, but um, I'm super excited to be that close to home. And my sister actually just had a baby, so, like, I'll finally get to meet my baby nephew and I'll get to see my grandma like she never gets to come to any games so like this is literally the best possible thing that could have ever happened. I can feel those positive vibes reverberating right now and look your stats have been incredible this year but why don't they tell the whole story as to your impact on this team? Um, I've really just tried this season to be like completely bought in like no matter what happens we're winning we're losing like no matter what we just go for it and we keep getting better and we keep working hard so like Every practice, I've, like, tried to come in with, like, a great attitude, like, hey, let's get better today. And then on the court, um, like, there's so many great players that can hit the ball as hard as they can and they can get all these kills. But, like, on top of that, like, just to be a good teammate. And, like, I think I've, like, this year I've really tried to, like, take on more of a leadership role and, like, help my teammates, like, do the same thing and, like, go up. And when they get a huge kill, like, celebrate that because, like, that is amazing or – when our libero makes an amazing dig like good job like do that as many times as you can and every time like we'll celebrate you for that like I just think I want us to do so well and like I think finally like with the help of like like Savvy and some of the like Kaylee as another senior like we've kind of brought this team like we were like let's go and work and then more people followed and I think that is what 
helped us to get as far as we've gotten this year compared to last year. So I think already, like, no matter how the postseason goes, like, this year has been a success because we've done, like, the best we can we could and we've done so much better than we have, like, in the past. And, like, success in our definition is just, like, doing the best that you could and being satisfied with that. It goes to show you just how powerful positive reinforcement can be. And we're joined by Mac May of the UCLA women's volleyball team. It's Notre Dame in the opening round of the NCAA tournament on Friday in Madison. How do you scout out the Fighting Irish and what goes into that? Um, well, even today, it's what, two, three days before we even play. Um, in practice, Brad had us, our assistant coach, or associate head coach, he had us already playing our defense as if we were playing the other team. So we were already getting into like a groove of what that game would feel like and like what their offense would feel like coming at us. And so we have already started doing that. And um, just like, even though we'll be playing in Madison, Wisconsin, like Wisconsin is the like supposedly the toughest opponent there. Like we're all looking forward to that, but it's like, we cannot overlook the task at hand. We can't overlook the fighting Irish. We have to go in and do work against them before we think about anything else else and so I think that's like going to be our biggest challenge is like the excitement of being in Madison Wisconsin but having to take care of like the first thing and that is Notre Dame you know UCLA women's volleyball you know whoever they play they always seem to rise to the challenge Mac thank you so much for coming on excited that you get to see part of your family later this week and congratulations again on taking home the Pac-12 player of the year honor Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was Mac May, and hope you enjoyed that. So cool to have her on the podcast just a day removed from being named the Pac-12 Player of the Year. How about that? Just a day removed. She joins us on Locked on Bruins. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you have family or friends that are interested in that interview, tell them all about it. Bring them onto the podcast. We're going to have more athletes coming on later on in the coming weeks. So that's something fun to keep tabs on. We want to keep tabs on this basketball team. And no better person to help us with that than Tracy Murray. And he will expend some wisdom on us as I sum up some of the things that he said yesterday during the Bruin Insider Show. Stay with us. When you begin to mull over who are the best living basketball minds around the UCLA community, at the top right there is Tracy Murray. Tracy is part of the radio broadcast team for UCLA Hoops. And yesterday he visited with us on the Bruin Insider Show. And we had a chance to throw at him a ton of different topics about the team. He addressed them. And so what I'm going to do in this segment is sum up what he said about those aforementioned topics. Right away, I asked him yesterday about the rotation. I was wondering because against some of these latest teams we've played, we've thrown 11, 12 guys out there, right? And I asked Tracy, is that something that's sustainable? Like, do you envision that we basically are playing everybody every game? And is that the best way to get wins? He said, absolutely not. He said, if if he were running things, and if Mick Cronin does it the right way, which obviously Mick Cronin, I think, sees eye to eye here with Tracy on this, 
Tracy said that he'd like the rotation to go down to like seven to eight guys. He said you can't win in conference play when you're playing that many guys. So you have to have a base, stick to that, and go from there. I found that fascinating. And then I also asked Tracy if he was concerned about the lack of three-point shooting. The Bruins, not only have they not taken a lot of threes, which is probably smart because their percentage is not very high. And so I asked him, like, we don't really have a lot of adept three-point shooting. And, and how big of a worry is that? Because as you get into conference play and, look, you find yourself behind and maybe you've got other teams that have great outside shooters, how do you make up that margin? He honestly said that right now the identity of this team has nothing to do with three-point shooting. And he said, minus David Singleton, there is no other guy on this team that can consistently knock down the three ball. He's not really preoccupied about our number of makes from three-point territory with the understanding that we play really good defense. So he thinks that we can make up for the discrepancy or the disparity in what we do in our lack of three-point shooting by playing sound defense. At least that is kind of where he's leading things to go right now, and I, that makes a ton of sense. Then I brought up the question about our defense and what it's going to take to be much improved. I mean, we've seen signs of it, but only in spurts, right? There have been a lot of breakdowns defensively. Mick Cronin has, has spoken about on-ball defense not always being the best, guys on the other team making a move and getting by on-ball defenders and secondary help coming over late, and so that's kind of been a detriment to this team so far. He talked about oops, the defense starting at the point guard spot, and which means there's going to be a lot of pressure on Tiger Campbell, who is that point guard who is kind of at the top of the key, and the the onus is on, obviously, Tiger is not the quickest guy, this according to Tracy Murray. And so the, the defense is going to be based upon, initially, how quickly Tiger can get around ball screens, which with his, you know, he's quick, but he's not able to fly through screens. And if you can't get him acting quickly around screens, then he said that the rest of the defense can get broken down. So it starts at the top with Tiger Campbell. How well is he able to get around ball screens? And then because this team likes to switch on the pick and roll, you've got to get to your man quickly, and you've got to be quick around ball screens. There was another element that I wanted to ask him and that was, you know, what he thought was different about this year compared to last year and what it's like playing for Mick Cronin. And he looked at it, did Tracy, this year as kind of like a weeding out process where this is going to be the year where the players have to find it within themselves if they're tough enough to play for Mick Cronin. 
because he is all about toughness, sustained toughness. And there wasn't as much of that. It was more of a finesse game last year. Now, you want to talk about a guy who's really tough. You want to talk about a guy who has basically outdone his expectations or at least his peers' expectations of him as a freshman, and that's Jaime Hawkes. He has solidified himself in the starting rotation, and he's only a freshman. Asked Tracy about him, and he talked about just his ability to, to get deflections, the loose balls, and he called him a vocal leader, which Tracy then said, well, that's a good thing if you can lead by example. And so far, Jaime has by not making a lot of boneheaded mistakes out there. Other things to consider, I, I, I know I'm kind of rambling around, but defense, one more thing to point out that Tracy mentioned was that occasionally we get caught up in mismatches that are at our disadvantage. You saw that against BYU and Hofstra where you had smaller guys at each position and you know we had taller guys, more athletic guys, and those smaller guys were able to to get by the likes of Chris Smith because we switch a lot on pick and rolls. And so Tracy went on to say when the ball swings around and it goes to a really quick guy who might be undersized, we don't close out fast enough. And so you're going to get those threes that go in like they did against Hofford, or excuse me, Hofstra and BYU because there's still a lack of communication. And as Chris Smith said the other day, there's still not enough talking on the defensive end. So until that happens, maybe that's another symptom of why they aren't able to use their size to their advantage. And smaller, you could say quicker teams have a one-up on them from time to time. All right, coming up in my final segment, Wayne Cook as well joined the Bruin Insider Show yesterday and I'm going to list off some of his takeaways, his final thoughts around the football season that was for UCLA. Wayne Cook, who has been a regular contributor with us on the Bruin Insider Show, he joined us yesterday and... He was an MC on Sunday for the UCLA football postseason banquet, and he was able to provide us a little bit of insight into what it was like in that room. And one of the takeaways that I remember him talking about was that it just did not feel like this was a team that finished 4-8. and eight. Like there wasn't a lot of sulking. There wasn't a lot of defeatist mindset and attitude out there. There was a lot of upbeat energy in the room. And he even pointed out that some of the coaches on the team could not attend and sit through the whole banquet because they were they had to get on planes to go recruit. And so he then pointed out that, look, obviously everybody's frustrated. And, you know, the Bruins now have been akin to four straight losing seasons. And that's, in the words of Wayne, that's not something easy to turn around. It, 
it's never good enough. The fan base is never satisfied. Even if you're Nick Saban at Alabama right now, you have, God forbid, two losses on the year, and now half the fan base wants to fire you. I mean, as Wayne pointed out, it's a thankless job being a coach in Division One college football because it's so hard to please anybody, and it's really – you'll never please, you know, the full faction – of your fan base it's never good enough and so he felt though that despite that that the staff over the season did a good job of of blocking out some of that noise and the seniors they set a good tone from Wayne Cook's observations it was a smaller senior class on the football team but the ones that were there were hardworking and they were very instructive to the younger guys. And they set the tone as to what it takes to have a good work ethic. Like, we're going to miss that batch of seniors so much because they were such a integral part of the team on defense and offense. But if they're going to pass anything down, it's that work ethic. And now you hope that that translates to wins coming up. Wayne even said that next season it's a given we're going to make a bowl game and pointed out that, yeah, the offense for the most part is coming back. I think nine out of the 11 starters will be back next year. Some positive things optimistically to look at as far as the youth that have stepped up along the offensive line from Alec Anderson and Sean Ryan and and Duke Clemens. So there are pieces to work around, and he finally finished off by saying that like there's the disparity in the conference like it's not that great like there's not a lot of like separation between the middle of the pack in the Pac-12 I mean UCLA's right in there but you know you think about all those schools that are thick and thick in the middle and any given day one of those teams could beat another the Bruins got all their wins in conference play and so, like, if you think about it, yeah, if they had a couple more conference, or excuse me, non-conference win, then we would be talking about a a bowl game. You know, if we scheduled a really easy couple opponents in the non-conference, we'd be in a bowl game. I mean, Arizona State, Utah, some of their non-conference teams, I mean, you're, you're scheduling FCS opponents. I mean, these are, like cinch wins and the Bruins all of their non-conference opponents all three of them at one point were all ranked in the top 25 this year from San Diego State Oklahoma which is knocking on the door and making the college football playoff and Cincinnati which is going to be playing in the AAC championship game this weekend and they're a nationally ranked team and they have been for a significant part of the season. So, you know, some tough breaks there. But the linebacker core is going to have a lot of new faces. Excited to see what that looks like. And hopefully we'll have more at that position upcoming when we have the initial signing period coming up later this month. For Locked On Bruins, going to say goodbye for now. I'm Brian Fenley.